Let us pray. Kind and merciful God, you have given us your word, your truth and your wisdom. You have given us your word, your covenant and promise. You have given us your word, your son, the word incarnate. And through all your words, you have given us hope in the promise of forgiveness, of restoration, of salvation. Now God, open our ears and our hearts that we may receive your word this day, that it may inform and transform our lives, that we might be the people that you would have us to be. Kind and merciful God, hear our prayer, that the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts might be acceptable in your sight our rock, our refuge, our redeemer. Amen. How much we had heard about how glad we would be when the year 2020 was over. Unfortunately, the year 2021 has not been any less eventful. The prognosis is hopeful for the coming days, but we still have no idea what is on the horizon, when the pandemic will begin to ebb, uh, when political rancor and when political conflict will begin to subside, and who knows what else may be on the horizon, as we realize there are so many vulnerable people right now with so few resources in this time of scarcity. These are hard times. But our world is not unfamiliar with hard times, nor are God's people. We have a record of God's people struggling through difficult times such as ours, maybe even greater than ours. Such was a time when the nation of Israel had been divided north and south into the tribes of Israel in the north and Judah in the south. And in the year 721 BCE, the Assyrians had conquered the Northern Kingdom, or Israel. Uh, 20 years later, they attempted to conquer Judah and had a siege on Jerusalem, which failed. But the North, the North fell. It was a captive land, overrun by the Assyrians. There was a prophet in the North, prophet by the name of Jonah. Jonah is mentioned in 2 Kings, and Jonah is mentioned in the book that bears his name. It is important to know that Jonah is a prophet from the north because God came to Jonah and said, Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh, which is, of course, the capital of the Assyrians, their enemy. And I want you to tell them that I am not pleased, that their future may not be bright. Jonah, when he heard this, turned away, went in the other direction, and we know the story, on a boat, in a fish, prayer from the belly, spewed out on the shore, and that's where we find Jonah again. When the word of the Lord again came to Jonah, Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh. 
and I want you to proclaim that the, war, the Lord is going to destroy Nineveh. So Jonah this time agreed. He reluctantly agreed, evidently, because he didn't bring all of his prophetic trappings with him. Typically when a prophet prophesies, they make sure that people are aware that it's not his words, but the Lord's words. That is, thus saith the Lord. But Jonah doesn't. Jonah simply says, you are going to be destroyed in 40 days. And so it was. Uh, Jonah goes through the city of Nineveh proclaiming this message. And the response was swift and significant. The king calls a fast, and everyone fasts, even the animals fasted. And the response was so great that God relented and chose not to punish. Jonah was not pleased, and he put his cards on the table. I knew that this would happen, God. That's why I was going to Tarsus rather than go to Nineveh. You know, I know that you're a loving and caring and merciful God, that you're slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. I know these things. I know that you're quick to relent from punishment. And that's why I didn't want to do this. You see, Jonah wanted justice, that is, punishment and revenge. God wanted restoration and redemption, that is, a renewed relationship, mercy even for the enemy. Hard times give us difficult choices. Who do we blame? Where does our anger get focused? Who are the people who are evil, bad, our enemies, who are literally the godless ones? God evidently thinks no one is completely godless. At least give them the chance to prove it. It was a hard time when Jesus began his ministry. Mark's Gospel that we read today begins shortly after Jesus was baptized and then driven into the wilderness where Jesus encountered wild beasts and Satan and was ministered by angels. Then Mark fast forwards. We're not sure how much time elapses, but here we have in Mark the beginning of a difficult time. It was after John the Baptist was arrested. John the Baptist, the one who is the precursor, the, the beacon promoting the Messiah that would come after him. Here, John the Baptist has now drawn the ire and was in the crosshairs of the political world. He's in prison. Not an easy time for a rabbi or a prophet. But it's in this context that Jesus begins his ministry. Repent and believe in the good news, the gospel. That is, a good thing is happening. God is active now. And Jesus begins 
to call people to follow him, to be part of this God movement which was beginning now, that John had pointed to and now Jesus embodies. First he calls two brothers who are fishing, Peter and his brother Andrew, and then down the shore two more brothers, James and John, Zebedee's sons. You wonder, being they were so close, if they had known each other before. Regardless, here is this rabbi, this teacher, who appears to have something going on, something exciting. Maybe this is the one who's going to restore Israel back to the kingdom it used to be. Follow you? Sure. Jesus says, if you follow me, you'll be collecting people, adding more people to this movement. Fishers of people, Jesus would say. The Gospel of Mark is an interesting Gospel. The Gospel of Mark is interesting because it's probably written to a community in persecution. And the Gospel asks a pointed question throughout. How will you respond to difficult times, to hard times? Will you endure or will you surrender? Will you give up? In the Gospel of Mark, the disciples are not painted in the best light. They are often seen as dim and not understanding. And so it is that Peter and Andrew, James and John, would follow Jesus to his death, literally, and not fully understand who Jesus was until the resurrection. And even then, in Mark's Gospel, it ends in a question. When hard times come, where is our faith? What is our hope? They had hoped for one thing and were disappointed when Jesus wasn't that thing. He wasn't the king. He wasn't the warrior. He wasn't the one who was going to restore the political kingdom of Israel. He wasn't going to be the one to give them what they wanted. But he was going to give them something different. And in the end, of course, they were converted. Their minds were changed. They understood more fully. But like Jonah, they were somewhat reluctant in their being disciples, as Jonah was reluctant to being a prophet. It's hard to follow this God movement. Paul invites us to uh, consider that even our human relationships at their core change in perspective in this new thing God is doing, this new ethic of relationship with one another, both within the church and from the church to the world. You see, we're to love our enemies. We're to find goodness in other people and to care for them, even unlikely people, even people we typically wouldn't be with. We're to be an inclusive, embracing lot, a loving group, even loving those who may not love us, and surrendering our vision of justice for God's vision of justice as much as it may hurt us not to seek our vision and our justice. Friends, these are difficult times.
These are difficult days to be a witness to this God movement, to this reign of God on earth. These are difficult days to be faithful Christians. We are reminded by the stories of Jonah and the disciples that even those who are noteworthy in the Bible are not perfect, are challenged, and struggle with their own human feelings versus God's feelings for humans. So let us pray as this year begins that we might be transformed by the love of God into God's loving people, that we might see hope where others see despair, that we might see justice in redemption, not justice in punishment, that we might see the hand of God even in the midst of our difficult times. Hear the good news. God is with us in these days. God will not forsake us nor abandon us, and God is reaching out to us with God's love each day. May we be embraced by that God and embrace those within our reach, all to the glory of God. Amen.